So it wasn't just business. Because the thing is, when you start a business, it's like your baby, right? So it's like you were so attached to it. And so somebody just comes and tries to knock it off or maybe they try to hurt your business. They spread lies, like all of these things. It really takes a toll on your mental health and psyche. And I never even saw that as a possibility. Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan. And today on the show, I have Natalie Mullen. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Great. I'm glad that you're on. I think we were just, we were going through technology and anybody who has any feelings about any sort of technology um, wouldn't be listening to the show if they didn't have any sort of technology anyway, but we've all dealt with something. <laughs> My grandparents came to mind because I'm like, man, they're in their 80s. And if I asked them to listen to a podcast, they'd be like, what? Like I had to tell them, like, it's basically like an online radio show. They're like, yeah, I remember radio. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we were riffing about technology, and I'm really glad that you're here because this is the second attempt. We were going to have a call a while back, and when we started to go through the tech stuff, I was like, man, please don't tell me. We need to reschedule because we're already having a good conversation. <laughs> uh, so, Natalie, why don't you kick us off? Tell us what you do for a living, and what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre? Okay. So, thank you so much, Nick, for having me. Uh, my name is Natalie Mullen, and... I do a couple of things. So one, I'm a teacher, but I'm just about to transition out of that field and I'm going to be starting something completely new, which is going to be sales for a tech company. So I'm really excited for that. And then I'm also a wellness coach and I support women who are looking for more balance in their lives. And something that people don't know about me or some people don't know about me is that I was living in Antigua for a bit. It's a tiny little country, only about 90,000 people in the Caribbean. And I decided to quit my teaching job and I opened up a bubble tea business on the side of the road, literally selling <laughs> from a tent. And um, I was able to grow it to three different locations um, by the end of it. And so that was like a cool but random thing. And I gave up my teaching job to do that, which at the time people were like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I'm about to do it again. So <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. It sounds like a pattern. <laughs> which is a good pattern especially as an entrepreneur like you start something you get the itch and then you keep going did you also do anything like that when you were a little kid like lemonade stands or selling you know stuff? i didn't do lemonade but i used to braid hair i used to make bracelets I, I like i just would find ways to charge people for things they're like <laughs> like i don't know i always i was very money driven and i was like okay i need money for this so it's like if someone's gonna ask me i used to sell my snacks like all those like little things it's like I have this passion flaky. They want it. How much do you want for it? Yeah, exactly. And it's a happy exchange. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool thing. I love that. And especially, it, it's cool to hear about when somebody has a, a successful business they've had for a long time, they've done all this stuff. But then I like to know, like, what, what did it take to get there? And, like, what sort of shitty random businesses do you have that when you think back, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Or I forgot that I did that thing. Like, yeah. even as you say about a bubble tea, I... I forgot that for a summer, my dad and brother and I had an ice cream shop oh. an ice cream and water ice shop. But it was like, I love that. it was a summer. It was one season because yeah. we were like, hey, we got this extra space. What if we cram sugar and people in there? Like, all right, you know, <laughs> but what a cool thing, because that's even one of those things that helps you get into something else or yeah. helps you learn things. So the, <laughs> I know when we were first talking, you said your odd thing was something different. I'm glad you went with the bubble tea. 
because okay. <laughs> how did how did you get to bubble tea and why bubble tea? Okay, so I'll tell you. So funny enough, that business came out of a failed business. So first, I decided to start a tea bag business, like for actual hot teas. Yeah. And it was a really good idea, and it was really good teas, and I custom made the flavors. I put all this work into it. But it was – the branding for the teas was based on the Caribbean, and it just didn't really work to sell, like, mainstream, right? It was more like a souvenir product, and so I kind of had a hard time distributing it. And um, it's it's a lot of work to do a business. And I was in Antigua, so shipping issues and trying to get it and the cost of doing business when you're not in – for instance, North America or something like that, you kind of take certain things for granted. Yeah. Um, but from that business, I remember I was with my friend and we were just walking to the street and she was like, oh, there's a bubble tea place. Do you want to try it? And I was like, well, I've never had an interest in bubble tea, but I have a tea business. So sure, oh, it's okay. kind of related. Let me try it. And I went in and I remember they gave me a sample of something and it had the little tapioca um, balls and I remember tasting it and spitting it right out. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting! Like I, I can't do it. And I remember the lady was like, "Oh no, no, no! Let me give you something else." And I was like, "Nope, I never I want bubble that. tea again." <laughs> and she was like, "No, no, no! Give me one more chance." So she gave me a different drink, and it had these little passion fruit jellies in it. And I took one sip of it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is exciting! This is delicious!" I was just on vacation in Canada at the time, but I was living in Antigua, and I was like, "They don't have this in Antigua. I'm gonna bring it there." And I think two days later, stuff was ordered and shipped to Antigua. So by the time I got back from my vacation, the stuff was already there for me. We got a tent, we got a table, and that was kind of the beginning. Googling, how do I start a bubble tea <laughs> business? The first day, we, we set up the tent, we forgot the sugar. So that was uh, an interesting story. But it's okay, because we didn't really have any customers either. We just gave away <laughs> a bunch of sugarless um, bubble tea. And now I love bubble tea. It's one of my absolute favorite drinks. Even the tapioca balls, absolutely love them. So yeah, it was a really interesting rodeo. Uh, well, bubble tea is an odd thing if you're not used to drinking it. And I've done the same thing. Like I remember the first time I drank it, I was like, why is this straw like four foot wide? <laughs> what the hell's in here? What are all these little things? And the person I was with at the time was just like, just shut up, just drink it. It's like, all right, yeah. one of those tapioca balls in the back of your throat, and you're like, is that? <laughs> what is that? I I like tapioca. Uh, I couldn't tell you even the last time I had ta tapioca pudding. But, like, mm. thinking of those being huge, I'm like, how, how did somebody think about that? Like, who was like, you know what? We've got this pudding or this tapioca. Let's put it in a drink and let's slurp these things up. Like, what a weird thing. But Yeah. Are, are they the same thing? I don't even – because I do like tapioca pudding. But I feel like those like ball things are much smaller. Much in the smaller. They're teeny yeah. tiny. But I mean, makes sense. It's like just the bubble tea is like five times, six times the size <laughs> of those. So yeah. imagine the bowl of tapioca pudding you could have with those big ass balls, you know? I know. <laughs> but it, it's an odd thing. And if you're not used to it, not used to it, once I've, I've had a lot of people that have tried it. Like uh, I used to live in Portland, Oregon, and there was a bubble tea place like right around the corner. So I'd grab a strawberry milk bubble tea every few days as like a little mm -hmm. dessert or whatever. And there were people that would stop by and I would see them like, I don't know. And they'd like try this little bit and same deal where they would have kind of that look like, Ugh, no, I'm good. And they would walk out or other people were like, this is great. Um, but what a cool thing for you to be able to not only experience that, but then to pull the trigger and say, all right, we're going to do this and I'm going to start selling this thing. Because again, that's like another step 
be able to get you to something else. If you yeah. look back from where you're at now, all the steps it took to be able to get to where you're at. Um, it's funny when people say, like, if you knew all those steps, would you still do it? Because most mm. people will be like, fuck, no. <laughs> I guess it took a lot out of me or whatever. Yeah. Um, Especially when you have your own business. Like, I, I think you just you get excited about an idea. Yeah. And you're like, okay, let's go for it. And then, you know, you're seeing it through and you're like, okay, you meet a couple hiccups and you're like, it's okay, I can overcome, I can persevere. And then stuff really starts to just get wonky. And you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and the thing is, if other people know about your business, it's more pressure because then, then people are watching you, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, I have to keep up the business now. Everybody's looking at me. Mm. And then you have like this internal battle. Well, I did. I don't know if everybody goes through this. I had this battle of like, I don't even want to do this anymore. But then I'm like, but I have to do this because I have my customers. I like everybody knows about my business. I'm the only one on the island offering this. Mm. People want it to grow more. So, you know, and I went through a lot of like not fun stuff, <laughs> um, like starting that business. Like we had a like a friendship that just totally got destroyed mm -hmm. through through the business and wasn't expecting that at all. And I had a lot of people copy my business idea, but like verbatim. I mean, like I would walk by and be like, is that, is that, is that my business? Like, <laughs> like they wouldn't even try to like, let's just change it up, you know? And Antigua is a little bit different in terms of intellectual property and copyrights uh -huh. and how, how you maintain trademarks and stuff like that. Uh, you know, island life is a little bit different. So that, that really hurt me on a personal level. <laughs> so it wasn't just business. Cause the thing is when you start a business, it's like your baby, right? Yeah. So it's like, you are so attached to it. And so somebody just comes and tries to knock it off or maybe they try to hurt your business. They spread lies, like all of these things, it really takes a toll on your mental health and psyche. Yeah. And I never even saw that as a possibility. All well, I wanted to do was sell bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> but for you to be able to go through that, deal with that and continue to take that beating in a sense in certain ways i think entrepreneurs are kind of sadists like we enjoy the fight like <laughs> you want to fucking hit me hit me yeah i'll show like, you what i got so get back up. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> remember you hit me once and i hit you once and then you hit the ground or whatever that's going to be you know but even with those not physically but just like the situations where the stuff happens and i've seen a lot of people over the course of my life that have said and like leaned on the fact that they were an entrepreneur but didn't really have what it took to be an entrepreneur. Like we mm. experienced that. And I say we as just basically the global group here yeah. in 2020, when the pandemic hit, so many people were like, Oh, I want to start a company. I want to start a business. And they're not, they're not really sure how to actually do it. And I think mm. it's a good thing for us to be able to get into as business owners. We can, we can understand what this shit looks like. And especially from, from a wellness side and coach, I assume it's one person, you, and maybe a few people that help with certain things, which is different than having an agency or having a yeah. services business or an actual products business where you need all these different people. It takes different levels of thought and um, compassion and empathy to be able to work with those people and not drive yourself crazy. And that's what I like yeah. to be able to get into when it comes to this stuff, because those people that either started a company in 2020 and are still doing it, maybe this is their first business. For me, it was not my first business. It just happened to make sense to be able to do the things that I did at that time. But there are people that got into it, started it and ended it within a few months, like podcasting. There's so many people that started a podcast and then realized this shit is tough. 
Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of work, not only getting guests, but doing the production of it, doing it the right way. When I've talked to people, they're like, yeah, I had a podcast. I'm like, how did it go? Like, what did it do? They're like, I just wanted to hit play on the microphone and just record it and do the thing. But everything else sucked. And then there are other people that love all the details and the fights to it. So let's talk about some of the stuff that you've been through, not only with that business, but being able to look back and thinking from the perspective of somebody that is going through that and really struggling in a way of like, do I keep pushing with this thing because I have a passion for it, but I feel like I'm, I'm losing my soul or, you know, just kind of being burnt out. What are the things that come to mind as I talk about that? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because this is kind of why I got into being a wellness coach in the first place, because, and now I'll go backwards for a sec. My business kind of didn't end in the way I expected. Hmm. So I was an ambitious person. I still am an ambitious person, but I was very ambitious, very driven. And I was so focused on my business, but also trying to balance all the other areas of life. Balance being married and being a wife. Balance, uh, I was just coming out of teaching, but I was still teaching at the beginning when I had the business. And then balance my social life and all these things. And I was being pulled in all these different directions. And sometimes like you don't even realize that you're running out of steam and that other things are starting to fall by the wayside. And for me, I didn't realize until all of a sudden my husband one day said like he wanted a divorce. And I was like, sorry, what What was that word that you said? Like, Mm. I remember thinking like, what what rhymes with divorce? Like, I must have heard wrong. And long story short, like just out of the blue, uh, he wanted a divorce. And what I, I didn't realize is that I had been neglecting our relationship and neglecting our marriage because I was so focused on the business. I was putting out fires every single day. It, even though I had a staff, it still came back to me at the end of the day. And I just at that time, I had to do everything, right? Whether it's purchasing, whether it's driving, whether it's picking up things or every single part of the business. So now it's like I was working so hard for the business and I was losing the person who mattered the most to me. I was losing my husband, my family. And so we ended up getting separated and that was a very traumatic uh, period in life for me because again, I didn't want this. All I wanted to do in life was like be married. It's probably one of my biggest goals. Hmm. And so the biggest goal that I had was like just slipping out my fingers or there wasn't anything I could do about it. I couldn't get him to change his mind. I tried. And so that really broke me and i was living in antigua at the time and i was so depressed i didn't really have a huge support system there because that's where my husband is from but Mm. all of my family is from canada all my friends are in canada so after trying to stick it out for a couple months i was like my mental health like this is not working and i was so depressed i didn't even like i've heard of depression but it's one thing to hear about it and it's another thing to like go through it yourself and i could never have understood how painful depression could be like I I never knew what it was like to be that low nothing super traumatic had ever happened to me in life before and so I think I was just truly unprepared to ever go to such a low in life so it really uh, flattened me out and um, eventually I had to so I had to close the business I had to come back home and you know I had to really pull myself together and for a while it, it doesn't happen right away you can't just pull yourself together right away that's the thing. Like when your life falls apart, you, you have to sit with the mess. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard because you have to still untangle things. So I had to work on how do I close this business? How do I like let go of my staff who've been believing in this business and have want right? Like there were so many closed bank accounts. How do I figure out moving? How, who do I tell? Who do I not tell? Because I was very, um, I was very embarrassed. Like I felt very um, ashamed 
the idea of divorce. And I know that divorce is very common in society, but for me, at least, I, I mean, I didn't want to be divorced. So it was not something I wanted to share, right? Like I didn't want to be separated. So I would walk around like pretending everything was okay. People like, oh, how's your husband? I'm like, oh, he's great. And like, meanwhile, we're not even talking, right? And like that, that's like living a lie. Yeah. And like, you, I'm not, I'm a very authentic person. So I felt so uncomfortable doing that in the first place. And I was like, I can't keep living this lie. So it's it's gonna, everything's gonna fall apart. So I remember just like had to leave and I come back and it's just like, you're sitting there and you're like doing nothing. You're just like at rock bottom. But then from there, it's like, eventually you're like, okay, I gotta build myself back up. How do I get out of this? And so I started working with a wellness coach and she was like, you gotta prioritize your own well-being. Like put him aside. Like, yes, you still want your marriage to work out, but like I was spending all my effort trying to get him to work on the relationship, trying to get him back. Can we go to therapy? Can we do this? Can we do that? All my effort was going towards fixing the marriage. And she was like, no, you've got to stop. Like, you've got to focus on fixing yourself. (laughs) So, you know, it was harsh words, but I was like, no, she's right. And so she was like, what do you even want out of life? Who are you? Like, you've forgotten who you are outside of being a wife. You don't even know who Natalie is. And that kind of hit me like, oh, my God, she's actually right. Like, I and then so she got me to do things like who was I as a teenager? Who was I as a young adult? What kinds of music? What kinds of food? What 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 are the things I did? What are the goals and aspirations that I have? And she's like, you have to start building like your own new life and your own pattern. And she's like, you get to start again. And she's like, I know you think it's the worst thing in the world, but she's like, this is actually a gift. Like you get to start again, but you get to be intentional so you can create the kind of life you want. You can think about the values, the beliefs, the, the goals that you want. And now you know like what to go after. You can set up boundaries now. You can practice self-care. You can say no to things. So I started working on myself and just doing that work. Of course, I went to therapy and had to unwind a whole bunch of stuff there too, except my own responsibility in, mm. in the marriage kind of coming apart. And what's so interesting is that as I was on my own journey and just focusing on myself now, because that was one thing I learned is like, you can't control other people and like, and you have to accept what you can and can't control. And I think a lot of times we spend a lot of time trying to control things that are out of our control Yeah. and it's, it, it gets you nowhere and it's very draining and it's very exhausting and you're just left depleted and emotionally and mentally like broken. So once I just started focusing on myself and, and doing that, thankfully, like, you know what, my husband and I were restored. It's, it's, I don't even, it's kind of a weird not even sure how it happened kind of thing. It's like I happened, I had to go back to Antigua just for like a, maybe a month. And we had a conversation. And I guess while I was doing my thing, he was doing his thing. And somehow it just so happened, right? And so that's why I think it's important to let go sometimes. Hmm. It's like I just have to trust that whatever's happening on his side. I, I was always hoping for reconciliation, but I couldn't guarantee it, obviously. He, he showed no signs of interest in it. But you just have to let go and surrender and... um you know, just focus on you. And and even if he didn't, even if we didn't get restored though, I know I would have been okay because I had started to build back that path. And I think, I actually think that's why things got better is because I realized I could do this without him. Whereas for the longest while I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't make it if he's Mm. not with me, you know? So yeah, that's like my long winded story, but uh, (laughs) I, I, I forgot what you originally asked me, but um, I hope that helps anybody who's who's listening. Maybe if they were able to take any kind of tidbit um, from there. Yeah. Um, divorce is a tough thing. It really is. And I I went through a divorce uh, a couple of years ago. 
And I'd said to people, I didn't get married to get a divorce, but I sure as fuck didn't get a divorce to die. And Mm. didn't have the conversation that you had because I I knew what the problem was internally with me, that I had abandoned myself and that I had had codependency issues. And there Mm. were problems within that. And it really takes us being self-aware to be able to see what those things are. But I really, really, really appreciate that you pointed out when you go through that shit, you have to sit in it. You actually have to be in it. You have to be dirty in it. You have to sit yeah. in the mud. You have to feel it. You have to taste it. You have to walk through yeah. it. You have to work through it. In this day and age, sometimes I sound, I feel like I sound like an old friggin' man. <laughs> like, back in my day. But in all reality, like, everybody wants things so quickly right Fast. now. Like, we want the problem. We want the solution. We want the prime delivery on every yeah. single thing. And that's not how this works. You need to do the fucking work and you need to actually work through it. And and it's hard. It's like, it's not easy. Work. Oh. It's <laughs> hella hard and miserable every day. And you're like, why am I even doing this? And of course, sometimes depending on the severity, you might even question like, is there a yeah. point? Do I even want to go on? But you got to pull from deep within somewhere. And sometimes you have to pull on other people's strength. Right. I, just, I just want to share that. Like there was a point I had zero motivation to... Like, even to wake up and open my eyes in the morning, I was like, I can't do it. To brush my teeth, I'm like, I can't do it. But thankfully, I did have people in my life who were like, Natalie, pull it together. Like, (laughs) get up. Like, go wash your face. I'm coming over. We're going to go do this. And go to therapy. Sit and figure out where what went wrong. What can you do better? And, like, it's really important to have a support system um, so that sometimes you have to lean on other people's strength when you just don't have it for yourself. Yeah, you can't do it all on your own. It does start with you being self-aware to be able to say, I've got a problem or there's something going on, but you definitely need to be able to go through it. And I'm glad you got back to that because I was going to ask, it sounds like there are some or were some codependency that you had along with some traumas that you had that probably came from how you were raised or just the experiences that you had that told you life should look this sort of way Mm -hmm. until you were kind of cracked open in a sense. Because when, when the divorce thing comes up, even if, like, I was the one who said it on my side, but for you to be able to get hit with that, it's still similar. It's it's a fucking line in the sand at that point. Yeah. You got to do something with it. So how did you go through and work through, and what did you find out? Is it Were there deeper codependency issues or childhood traumas that you needed to get back to, and how did you work through those? Yeah, I guess the, the good thing about that time of separation and like me having to deal with my own stuff is like dealing with things from childhood that I didn't even realize were present. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, my mom, like she's always believed in this idea of marriage. I think it was like her biggest goal for my sister and I is like her two daughters are married and then, and then she's successful in life. Okay. So somehow you end up growing up with this like expectation that, you know, you have to get married and don't, I did want to get married, but like, it was also, taught to me like you, you have to take care of your husband and like that's the most important thing and, and all of this so it's like it, it's just like these messages I got growing up it's like my identity is connected to this role as being this wife right and mm. I remember being like I have to push back on that and I had to like through therapy talk to my mom and I actually had to stop talking to her for a bit actually because it was like too many messages of like oh just fix it and like oh just tell him you're sorry and I'm like don't you think I tried that like <laughs> do, do you don't think that occurred to me right and so sometimes that can be really challenging too is when other people are getting involved 
Yeah. But you just have to deal with your own stuff. And there does come a point where you have to kind of stand up for yourself and be like, listen, this is what I need or this is what I need to do for myself. And like everybody needs to respect that. And I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to ask for permission. Like I, you just have to get to a point where you do what's best for you. And when you spend time with yourself, that's the good thing. Self-awareness only comes when you spend time with yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, journaling was really, really helpful. And I'm not like a writer, so I I was not really interested in journaling, (laughs) but I did start. And just that release of ideas, that release of feelings and emotions, just getting it out was very helpful. And then I could start to process, like, how do I feel? Like, what is going on? What, like what do like how am i here like because i remember for a long time i just kept saying like why me i'm like i feel like i'm a good person like i'm like i don't feel like i did anything to really deserve this i couldn't Mm. understand like how did i end up in this situation like you know something like you see other like maybe on celebrities or other people and you're like oh yeah i knew that (laughs) they were gonna break (laughs) you're like oh it's about time i was waiting for that right like and so but for me as i said i was blindsided so i was like it took me so long to realize like you can't just take you can't take things personally mm-hmm. i'm like it happened to me it can happen to anybody it's not because people are necessarily good or bad it's just like the way the cookie crumbles sometimes and it's like get out of your feelings and then okay deal with it because i wasn't dealing with it for so long mm-hmm. and i remember i remember that wellness coach remember she said she said he's gone you need to accept it and i was like damn okay it got real cold yeah she just you know she was like stop stop telling these like lies she's like you've got to accept the truth and i guess i i wasn't i was like in denial and i kept hoping and and there's a difference between hope and and being in denial right like you can always hope for something to become better in the future because there's always a possibility i'm always an optimist but at the same time you do have to accept what is happening in front of you as is Mm -hmm. in the current situation and i think that was helpful me being more present and just looking around and being like yeah she's right like he is gone like i i really do have to deal with this i really do have to figure out how do i unwind how do i open my own bank account like you just have to figure out how do you move forward like you know you can't just stay in limbo forever well we as people constantly grow we evolve and we change and the person that you met and even fell in love with and married is different today than they were when you did that even if you got married last year or whatever but it's being able to ebb and flow with yourself and with that other person and have that empathy and understanding and compassion loving and still admiration at times i believe to be able to watch them kind of ebb and flow and work but for for a lot of people I think what you're talking about is the thing that they go through. And I realized that when I had talked to some friends, uh, people that had gotten divorces, people that had been in marriages for a long time, there are those little lulls. Like every relationship has something like that. But yeah. there are those people that just go, well, you know, we just grew apart. And it's like, so you're basically telling me you didn't really do anything with it. You just fucking allowed it and let it be. And you're like, well, I guess we're done. And that's the end of that. And not to slam those people, but in all reality, when I hear that, I think you're just not, you haven't done the work or you would have a deeper response to it. Like right. there's something that's deeper there. And if you don't want to, it's okay. I mean, it's your life. You do whatever you want. But there are a lot of people that go through that where similarly to you, where it's like, well, nobody cheated on each other. It didn't kill me. There wasn't something crazy that happened that was like, oh, yep, that makes total sense. And it's hard to it's hard to come to grips with that. 
during the time frame that it's happening, but it's really hard to come to grips after the fact because we as people look for things like that, right? Like, mm. didn't you go through that, think like, well, fuck, what was it? Was it some, it wasn't anything major, then how and why me? So speak to that. Talk to that person that is going through that or listening to this now going like, yeah, wife and I, or my husband and I, it's been, been a while and I don't feel as connected and I feel detached and I just don't love them anymore or whatever, but there's nothing majorly wrong. So how do yeah. they get through that? How do they realize that? And then what the fuck do they do with it? So for me, and I can only speak from my perspective, but for me, I think... Like, I take marriage very seriously, and I take, you know, um, and, and that, it starts from there, because to be honest, not everybody enters into a marriage thinking it's a lifelong commitment. Like, I know people who get married, and they they enter into it as, like, a, we'll see how, how long this goes for. It. Like, they've been dating? very, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, you could have saved a lot of money, yeah. but, like, you know, like, I'm like, I guess, the, so you have to think about that from the very beginning, right? right? Yeah. Like, what is your stance on marriage? Because I realize, like, even though society still does have, yes, marriage is once for life. We, we see people were married five and six and seven times. So society is also telling us the complete opposite. Yeah. So A, you try to make sure you and your partner are on the same, the same path. But even if you are, it doesn't mean that somebody else can't change their mind. Mm. Right? And so that's what I mean about what you can and can't control. At the end of the day, you can only control yourself. So if you feel like you're disconnected or you feel like you're detached, it's like what things can you do on your end to try to feel um, more connected? Like is there efforts that you can put in on your own and i and the thing is i say on your own because a lot of times we try to change the other person mm -hmm. and we'll be like i'm not getting enough affection from you or you're not spending enough time with me or i don't think you're as driven as me right and we're putting it all on them but something i learned through this was like okay what can i do for my own self how can i find how can i increase fulfillment on my end and how can i increase like my output so as an example like let's just say i felt i wasn't getting enough affection how can I show it more on my end? Yeah. How can I um, focus on, on my own joy? Because I, again, a lot of times I think your happiness is connected to that person. And so now like, because that person's like, it's not working out well now, like you've completely gone by the wayside. And it's like, you've got to still take care of yourself and work like during that time. I actually think if you work on yourself more, you actually become more attractive to that other person. And they're like, Oh, I look at her. She's like dressing up or she's like, doing things for herself she's learning new things she's um smiling more she's happier like and then that can actually bring them bring them back but i think i think it's just like we try to force things that like for mm. me i was trying to force him back and it just was not working so that can be my only like i'm not any expert but that would be my suggestion is that forcing a person to stay <laughs> with you or to come back it, that, it doesn't work it yeah. doesn't work that could also lead to a restraining order Jail <laughs> uh, a nice white coat in a circular room yeah <laughs> there's a lot to that <clears throat> i find it interesting how um <clears throat> first off you and your husband got back together yeah <clears throat> what a beautiful thing and for you guys to be able to feel that and know that you went through what you went through and be able to have the relationship you have now what a testament to that so talk to what what it looks like for you now to have that relationship having gone through that yeah honestly it's so funny because I never thought I would get to a point where I'd say this because it's like when you're going through something, you don't see the other side of it. <laughs> and everybody kept telling me like, oh, it's going to get better. And I was like, yeah, please don't talk to me. <laughs> um, but anyways, what I've realized is that going through all of that, like now, 
like everything is better. Like we are actually both of us are so grateful that we went through such a bad time. And it was it was a really bad time. Because now we came back stronger and we came back because we chose to come back to each other as opposed to just staying together because we felt like we had to. Like yeah. this was a conscious choice to come back mm. to I we were in two different countries. Okay. <laughs> I was in Canada, he was in Antigua, right? So it was a conscious choice. So I think that intentionality, it's like if we could find our way back to each other through all of that, we know to never let things slip that much again to ever get here again. So now it's like, of course, just like you said, you see lulls. If you notice something, one of us notices something now, it's like, we'll speak about it quickly. Yeah. We'll try to address it quickly so that we don't have to go down that path again. And I think we've both just changed as people, like how we show up for our own selves, how we show up for, for others. Um, now we have a beautiful son. He's two years old. And so um, just so grateful like to have him in our lives. And he's like the example, right? He's like right in front of us. <laughs> like proof. The proof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like that is very uh, meaningful to me. And I think now I just have a, a stronger desire to like, okay, push. And, and just to encourage other people too, because I think sometimes people don't, share those stories and it's like you you're just sometimes if you're if you're hoping for hope you want to see hope somewhere sure. you know <laughs> <clears throat> yeah what a what a cool thing and especially to have your your kid that is the proof yeah. um <clears throat> i want to talk a little bit at two different ends here because i think we have a good dynamic where you and your husband went through the separation there was a threat of divorce then you worked through it you got to where you're at now and you have the proof that it's worked <clears throat> mm -hmm. hopefully that proof uh, has a long life, just like you and your yeah. relationship, you know, and like, that's a cool thing that you guys can look back at with grandkids or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> the other side of that is where I was and what I went through yeah. and where I'm at now. And I mm -hmm. think, so I went through a divorce. We were together for eight years. We were married for eight years. So together for almost nine, something like that. <clears throat> when we went through the divorce, I remember being really upset, just like anybody would be, that I thought, like, I failed, and that's the end of that. Like, I didn't get a yeah. divorce or a marriage to get a divorce, but I remember thinking, well, I failed, and thinking, no, I, I actually just need to do the work. Like, I need to get in yeah. and do more of the work. And at this point, I now have my partner, who I believe to be my twin flame, my absolute match. And mm -hmm. it's about two years or so removed since that situation happened. But there was yeah. a lot of work that went through that. I'm thankful for everything I went through because of where I'm at now and what I have now. I wouldn't have had that if I didn't go through the divorce, if I didn't yeah. go through the marriage, but especially if I didn't do the fucking work afterwards. And I'm not trying to be braggy or boastful. There was just some really dark times throughout all of that and some really eye-opening times and things that I needed to do and go through. So for you to be able to go through all that you went through back together you have a kid life is great you are both growing and going through life together <clears throat> i needed to go through that divorce to be able to get to the partnership and relationship that i have now that i feel i was actually supposed to have mm -hmm. and there's that space in between where i think there are some people in the audience that listen to this that are kind of unsure of like which one it would be like mm. they were to get a divorce or some people that are afraid of that commitment if, if, if I get a marriage uh, that is rough like my parents, then yeah. I don't want to look like that. I don't want to be in that spot. Or somebody like yourself that had said, well, it was really important to my mom, and therefore it became something that I felt like I should do. And I think that's really 
the crux of all of it is like no matter what you're doing it's it shouldn't be something that you feel you should do for other people even that mm -hmm. other partner it's a matter of you doing the work for yourself and being able to do that work and flourish through the rest of the relationship or into a new relationship so as you went through everything you went through and thinking about the perspective of you almost didn't have that you didn't have where you were but you do still have that as part of your history. What do you and your husband um, do that you feel actually helps you continue to set that foundation and continue to grow your relationship together that you probably wouldn't have done, uh, you know, if you didn't get back together? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. And, and we're, we're not experts and it's not like our marriage is perfect or anything, but I, I, do, I do definitely feel like we are way more committed like on a, on a on a on a different kind of level um i think when you realize what you could have lost like it's 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 present mind still do you know what i mean yeah so i think now we're just like more open about communication and or at least like i know on my end like before it's like i don't know i think we got very kind of young we were like 25 and I, I don't know, we'd have all these silent periods or if one of us got upset, we wouldn't talk to the other person and like those things, those things. And like, I, you know, they always say like, oh, don't go to sleep upset. And I'm like, we went to sleep upset very <laughs> several times. I'm not really sure if that, okay, whoever that works for, fine, good for them. Um, <laughs> sometimes for me, I've learned it's better to go Just because sometimes I will away. wake up and it's better. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, some, yeah, I think that depends on like a person by person situation. But anyways, Overall, now I I will engage in conversation sooner rather yeah. than later. So I'm not going to wait like a month or, or several weeks to be like, hey, what's up? It's like, hey, let's just check in. And now, even when we check in, we're I think just that acknowledgement of the check in, it's actually easier for the other person to either bring up whatever their issue is, or just release it and say, I don't want to talk about it, but like just give me some space and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Whereas if we didn't have that check-in, they would just hold on to it and it festers. And that's the problem is when things fester and they get worse and worse and bigger and bigger in one person's head and the other person has no clue what's going on. And then how can you ever fix things, right? And it's like you're on two different pages and you don't even know it. So I think those, um, those check-ins are, are really important. And just, um, you know, society doesn't allow us to spend as much time together with our loved ones as we'd like. Like people are working, people are busy, people have different hours, different schedules and stuff. But just finding a way to stay connected through that all. You talked about like people grow at different paces and mm -hmm. people are interested in doing different things. And I think marriage is really interesting or, or just a partnership in general because you have your own goals, your own ambitions and desires. And so does that person. And in a partnership, it's like, how do we let both people thrive and go where they need to go? But can we also collectively still still go somewhere together? Yeah. Right. And I think that's the thing, because sometimes you're on a path and the other person's like going the opposite direction. <laughs> and it's like, well, good luck. But it doesn't mean you have to be hand in hand doing the exact same things. Like, I think there's there's like a we can both be moving this direction, but like I'm in this lane in this lane, but we're both still going together. And it's just trying to figure out how to navigate both people's growth. Some people's might be really fast at certain points and another person's a little bit slower. But if you're headed in the same direction, it's it's still okay. But I think we have to give grace to other people. Like we can't just assume our, our partner is gonna have the exact same drive or the exact same vision or the exact same hustle as us. We have to accept them for who they are 
and not try to change them into us. I think that's, I think that's like, I think a lot of us, including myself before, you just want that person to be like the same like you and it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like you have to let them be them. Yeah. And if you have similarities, that's great. But also understanding that there are times where some of that will change, ebb and flow, just like your life goes. So how is all this related to and impacted the way that you uh, handle your wellness business? Yeah. So, you know what, for me, I, I mostly work with women. So I'm usually working with ambitious women. Most of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them are um, women professionals who might want to start a business or, or maybe not. But I am very empathetic towards uh, women who are trying to balance it all or whatever it all is mm -hmm. for them. And I feel like a lot of the women I work with just feel like disconnected, either from themselves, like they feel like they're on the back burner because they put everybody else's needs ahead of themselves, especially if they're moms, then they're like, oh, the kids and oh, the partner and oh, the job and whatever. And they tend to put themselves behind. And then others, they just feel like, I guess, a lack of sense of direction and I'm really empathetic towards that because I feel like when I was at my lowest, I had no clue, like, what do I even want out of life? Mm. But because I was able to spend that time with myself, I was able to figure out self-awareness and have that kind of blueprint, like a roadmap to move forward. Well, I built it as I go <laughs> on. Like, this is now what I'm able to help, like, other women with. And so it's, like, supporting them and saying, hey, you can build a roadmap for the life that you want. And it doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. Like, sure. I can't offer that and, and nobody can. But if you at least have a, a vision, you have clarity on what it is you want out of life, it helps you make choices because you realize what's in and out of alignment for you. And it's all about the mindset, right? It's like if you have a mindset where you are, like, I'm open to grow, to growth. I'm open to learning. I'm open to being flexible and adaptable. Like you'll just go a lot further in life. Sure. But if you have this like mindset of like, oh, well, woe is me. Like this happened to me and this is the, the fate that I've been dealt and I can't change it. Well, then you're right. Like your life is never going to change, to be honest, because you're going to keep yourself down. Right. So I think like that's the most work I actually do with women. It's it's on the mindset, because once you can believe in yourself and believe in your dreams, want to and i'm not saying you get there like the next day but at sure. least you can be confident that you're you're going in the right direction and that alone brings fulfillment oh yeah and i think it goes hand in hand uh with self-awareness it takes mm -hmm. that mental fortitude to be able to have the self-awareness but it also takes the self-awareness to be a be able to look at your mental strength and do something with it and then start to kind of take the action from that obviously i'm a big fan of mindset and <clears throat> but I, I know I that it, <laughs> it's not all about mindset, though. And I've had some people call me out on that. Like, oh, well, it's, you can't just mindset your way through everything. I'm like, yeah, especially when it comes to trauma. Mm. Like, you actually have to get that shit out of yourself. Yeah. And you have to actually go through and process through it. Yep. But like you had said, you need to be able to be aware of that and have that attitude shift yeah. within your mindset to go, all right, well, maybe there is a possibility or there is something or shit, maybe there is something that's holding me back that happened years ago that I'm just unaware of because I've locked it away. And when you really dig into it, I find it so fascinating how the brain is like, this shit's real and tough. You're, you're not going to look at this. Here's some bubblegum stuff to look at. <laughs> yeah. Until you're ready. Yeah. And then be able to go through it. You've got to push past. And, and that's the thing. Like, to me, mindset is just step one. Because with mindset mm -hmm. comes action. And it's only if you take action on the things that you're learning, the things that you're discovering, 
can you make any kind of change, right? So it's like, you yeah. can have the awareness of like, okay, I went through trauma. Okay, so okay. what what are you gonna unlearn and what can you do differently? What doors do you need to close? What people do you need to cut off? What do you, who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to forgive? Like, how do you move forward? And like, this is, I think this is really why I got into coaching because coaching is all about, like therapy is great, but I found for me, it's like, I could only do therapy to an extent because I'm like, I can't stay in the past. And I just felt like I was, yeah. I'm like, I've, I've, I've dealt, I've dealt with it all or at least all for now. But I'm like, I need to move forward now. Like I can't just keep reliving the trauma. Like I want to move forward. So like coaching is, is action driven and it's, it's forward momentum of like, what can you do now? Now that you have that information, now that you've done the work, you've healed, you've, you've you moved, you know, you've done what you need to do. You've worked on yourself. How do you move forward and be a better version of yourself? Like, how do you make sure you don't have the situation repeat? Even like the childhood mm -hmm. traumas, if you become a parent, how do you make sure you don't repeat those same traumas with, with your children, right? Or how yeah. do you make sure that something you heal from, you don't re reopen that wound like 10 years later and then go through the whole thing all over again? Yeah. So it's like being able to put, being intentional about putting preventative actions in place that you actually grow from this and you act you just you kind of you just it's like i would describe my experience of like that depression and that that lull as like being in a pit but it's like when i get out that pit like i climbed up and i'm gone like i'm not coming yeah. back there like that is sealed up i'm not going back there and i have been very intentional about how i live my life so that i never do get back to that point to be honest like even if my husband and I were, God forbid, to, to for something to happen to us and, and it didn't work out. Like, I don't think I'd ever get to that same low again because now my whole mm -hmm. identity is not, like, in him. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I've healed, like, a lot of that already. So it's like, of course, it would be a setback, but it wouldn't be as as uh, detrimental, I guess, to my life. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's only because you went through what you went through yeah. and, and the awareness and the wellness that you've gone through and all these things, they all stack together, but it takes us actually going through and kind of sifting through that shit. So along those lines, what's that one piece of advice you'd give to somebody on their path towards self-mastery? I would say it's, a, it's along the lines of self-awareness, but I would say spend quiet time with yourself. And the reason I say this is because a lot of times like we think of self-awareness or we think of self-help or personal development and we're like listening to podcasts or we're listening to reading books and listening to TV and all that. And all of that's good. But there comes a point where you, you just need to quiet the noise and like it's just like you and like yourself. <laughs> and you yeah. just need to think like you just need quiet and you need to figure out who are you like uh, at the core. Who are you as a person? What are your beliefs? What are your values? What are your goals? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Like you just need to reconnect with your own self. And I think you can only do that effectively from a place of solitude. I do suggest that if you can write it all down and just get a baseline for who you are or for where you're at in life, right? Like, cause maybe you don't even know who you are, but like if, and maybe that's too deep to start with, but then just start with like, how, how are you feeling right now? Like when you assess your life, what are the different areas? How do you feel in your career? How do you feel um, in your finances? How do you feel in your spirituality? How do you feel in your relationships? How do you feel in your body? How do you feel your nutrition is? Just get a baseline for how you are right now and then check in with yourself. How do you feel about where you're at right now? Like, are you pleased with it? Are you like, okay, I'm good. I'm happy to see this is where I'm at. 
Or are you concerned? And you're like, oh man, like I'm actually a little bit disappointed that I realize I'm so far behind in this one area. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're surprised and you're like, oh, I'm actually doing really well in this area. I didn't even realize. But until you get a baseline and can kind of assess where you're at, it's really hard to figure out what to work on. Like, it's like you sure. need that data. Like, you need a data. You need information. And then whatever. When, you, when you've when you done that and you figure it out, then just choose one small area to start working on. Because I think in life, like, sometimes we're, like, trying to do so many changes and we just want to become, like, a brand new person overnight. And it's like, no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We have to give ourselves grace. We're just people at the end of the day. and we're Everybody's just trying their best. So give yourself grace, but think of like, okay, if there's one area that you realize like, you know, I'm not that happy with this, what's one small step that I can take to improve my own self? What's one small thing I could do to work on myself? And that might look like external support. It might look like therapy. It might look like a coach. It might look like going to the gym. It might look like talking to a friend. It might look like getting outside. Like it's going to be different for everybody, but just figure out what's one small step you can take. And then once you figure that out, then do another small step and another small mm-hmm. step and just take yourself through that journey. We have resources. We have po- this podcast. We have YouTube. We have other podcasts. Like we have books. There are things that you can use to help you along that journey, but you've got to be the one to start it. Nobody can start that journey for you. What a great way to end that. <laughs> hey, you're right. You're right. You have to do it. And it's, it does take people and it took me a long time to actually understand that I just had to be able to do those things. And sometimes those things is just opening up to yourself and saying, this really sucks or this hurts or every time this happens, this makes me feel this sort of way and working through that and understanding. Natalie, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Before we let you go, where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram, uh, Natalie Mullen, and my website is nataliemullen.com. And also on LinkedIn, guess what? Natalie Mullen. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. check me out. Oh, I also have my own podcast. If I, It's called From a Full Cup. So it is a mental wellness and mindset and personal development uh, podcast for women. But men, if you're listening, it's all good too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you brought that up. I was going to say, like, you can't forget that you're a podcast host as well. I know. I almost <laughs> did forget, but I remembered in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me.